0: It's March 17th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver.
1: And I'm Chris Kotnor.
0: Our top story today, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky gave a powerful address to Congress yesterday during which he showed a heart-rending video which displayed the violence done to civilian infrastructure and children and urged the creation of a no-fly zone. As reported yesterday, following the speech, President Biden announced an additional $800 million package of military aid for Ukraine. The aid includes the following, 800 Stinger anti-aircraft systems, 2,000 Javelins, 1,000 light anti-armor weapons, and 6,000 AT4 anti-armor systems, 100 tactical unmanned aerial systems, 100 grenade launchers. 5,000 rifles, 1,000 pistols, 400 machine guns, and 400 shotguns, over 20 million rounds of small arms ammunition, and grenade launcher and mortar rounds, 25,000 sets of body armor, and 25,000 helmets. In my opinion, one thing that's really interesting here is that we've been very overt about the amount of aid we've been giving Ukraine. But Russia has yet to really retaliate against the United States in any way. Though we're not a part of the current conflict, this weaponry will kill a significant number of Russians. By committing to not send the US military in, Biden may have been able to navigate below Russia's red lines, which would result in escalation.
1: So, Grant, I'm curious about what retaliation tools President Putin would have at his disposal against the United States.
0: So on Tuesday, during the members-only portion of the Deep State Radio podcast, Dmitry Alperovitch and David Sanger talked about the cyber aspects of the conflict and the fact that Russia's cyber capabilities were not in full use. And I think that's an area that we really could see explode because it is unclear what the escalatory ladder is for cyber attacks.
1: One of the aspects of the ongoing peace negotiations is over the neutrality of Ukraine. Yesterday, Mikalio Podolyak, a senior advisor to Ukraine's president, rejected the Swedish and Austrian model of neutrality and said the security model can only be Ukrainian with legally verified security guarantees. This means, functionally, that the United States or other countries would sign on to defend Ukraine in the face of future attack, but that Ukraine would not be a party to NATO.
0: Yesterday, NATO officials attempted to reach Russia through a deconfliction hotline, but the attempt failed. The US has a separate deconfliction hotline that has been tested and is reported functional. These hotlines are meant to prevent any miscommunication about military movement or actions where the other actor is nearby.
1: Following yesterday's meeting between NATO defense ministers, military commanders are making plans to reinforce NATO's eastern flank in a move that could become permanent.
0: Russia bombed a theater in Mariupol yesterday. While the death toll is unknown, it is likely more than 1,000. The theater was being used as a shelter, and the word children was painted in Russian outside the building prior to the bombing. This attack is just one of many hitting civilian infrastructure across Ukraine yesterday.
1: Earlier this week, we reported that the mayor of Militopol had been kidnapped by the Russians. He was freed yesterday in exchange for nine Russian soldiers. He was advised by the Russians to cooperate with their occupation of the city, which he refused to do.
0: The UN will hold an emergency meeting today at the request of six Western nations, ahead of an expected vote on a Russian humanitarian resolution that they have sharply criticized. The UN Mission of the United Kingdom tweeted that Russia is committing war crimes and targeting civilians. Russia's illegal war on Ukraine is a threat to us all.
1: The International Court of Justice has ordered Moscow to immediately stop its invasion of Ukraine, saying there is no evidence to support its justification of the war. Ukraine filed a dispute on February 26th against Russia. On the basis of the 1948 Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, the hearing took place in the Peace Palace in The Hague, where presiding Judge Joni Donahue read out the court's order. The preliminary decision was confirmed by a 13 to 2 vote. A Russian and a Chinese judge were the two to vote against the decision.
0: Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said on Tuesday he was sending his foreign minister to Moscow and Kyiv this week as part of Turkey's mediation efforts to secure a ceasefire in Ukraine. Erdogan also said that he would meet with Polish President Andrzej Duda for talks in Ankara on Wednesday, adding that Turkey had become a symbol of hope after it hosted the Russian and Ukrainian foreign ministers last week for the first high-level talks between the warring sides. Ukraine said on Sunday it was working with Turkey and Israel as mediators to set a place and framework for negotiations with Russia.
1: Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill and Pope Francis held talks on Wednesday about the conflict in Ukraine and urged negotiations to continue to reach a just peace. Patriarch Kirill said he was praying for peace across Russian land that he said included Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus. Meanwhile, Pope Francis has called for an end to the conflict on more than one occasion. Last Sunday, he issued a heartfelt plea for the end to the massacre and the unacceptable armed attack in Ukraine.
0: U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen met with their counterparts in Europe and Asia to formally launch a multilateral task force that seeks to take action against the assets of Russian oligarchs. The effort will combine with the KleptoCapture Task Force, a new unit within the Department of Justice announced by Garland earlier this month to help enforce sanctions against Russian government officials and oligarchs, targeting their yachts, jets, real estate, and other assets.
1: Japan will revoke Russia's most favored nation's trade status, the country's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said in a news conference on Wednesday.
0: France said on Wednesday that it wanted to end Russian gas and oil imports by 2027. Jean Castex, the prime minister, announced a series of subsidies, tax breaks, and other measures to help companies with heavy energy consumption. Mr. Castex said he hoped the war would end soon, but the government has the duty to prepare for a long crisis.
1: Russian President Vladimir Putin promised financial help to ordinary Russians in the country's businesses Wednesday, calling on the nation to come together to overcome the West's, quote, economic blitzkrieg. Putin made an impassioned defense of his military actions in Ukraine, saying his tactics were, quote, completely justified, and that he had no other choice but to send troops into the country. He announced an increase of all social payments in the near future and said the Russian economy had all the necessary resources to solve long-term tasks.
0: Russia on Wednesday blocked online access to BBC news inside the country, making the broadcaster the most prominent Western media outlet so far to be hit by the Kremlin's wartime crackdown on media. Russia's foreign ministry said that the move was, quote, only the beginning of the response to the information war unleashed by the West against Russia. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure that you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these topics, tune into Deep State Radio later today as David Rothkopf and Dr. Kavita Patel speak with Michael Weiss and Jill Daugherty. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.